Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. Yes, and this week we are talking about a very special anniversary, and it is not the 50th anniversary of Disney World, which it is this year, and it's important to note that, but Ezra and Casey talked about Disney World last year. So this year we're featuring Disneyland, which on July 17th, it was the 67th anniversary of Disneyland. Yes, it first opened July 17th, 1955. About almost 20 years before Disney World. I know. Disneyland was, Walt Disney was there when it opened, and he he was the one at the grand opening, but Disney World opened five years after his death. That's right. So there was a significant amount of difference in the amount of participation Walt Disney himself had in these two different theme parks. And there's plenty of things that make them different from each other. But overall, Disneyland was the original theme park you know it's the definition of a theme park it's a full-on completely branded completely cohesive experience so we're going to talk about that special place which is still known as ezra the happiest place on earth (laughs) that's right still goes by that tagline which for many it is very true so we're going to talk about that as our feature presentation but before that we're going to cover another word of the day and this one is critical to understanding Disneyland. And that word is... Disney Imagineer. That's right, Disney Imagineer. Now that's a pun, in case you didn't catch on. Disney, obviously Disney is in Walt Disney. But Imagineer is combining the words imagination and engineer. What's a Disney Imagineer, Ezra? Somebody who's part of the part of the cast at like a Disney park or store or resort or whatever who's part of the cast and could a- and you could ask questions to and works or is involved with an attraction or show. Yeah. So a Disney Imagineer, like Ezra just said, is someone who is involved in the physical experiences put on by Disney. So whether that's a cruise ship or one of these theme parks or any kind of guest attraction that is branded and created by Disney, the Disney Imagineers have full oversight in the creation of... So a Disney Imagineer can be an engineer. What else can they be, Ezra? Like a cast member or even a character you can meet and talk to. That's right. Or an architect or a designer. My Uncle Dan is a Disney Imagineer. That is so cool, Ezra. Does he live there in Los Angeles? Yes, he does. What did he work on? In the past, like when me and my family lived in New York City, when he lived there, he worked on the original production of The Lion King. He also was involved with the grand opening of Shanghai Disneyland, as well as shows for Disney cruises and even Avengers Campus, which is which opened last year and is opening this year to actually tomorrow at Disneyland Paris. And he's involved with that as well, just like the one in California Adventure. Oh, that is so exciting. He has got to touch a lot of really incredible Disney-themed events and establishments. Especially being involved with The Lion King, one of the most popular musicals ever. Yes, which is based on a Disney movie. We all know, yes. And what was uh, something else you were going to say? Oh, I was going to say that Disney Imagineers, you just provided a great example of this, Ezra. 
touch a lot of different things. And that's why there are a bunch of different kinds of people with a bunch of different skill sets. So many different kinds of knowledge come together to create an experience like The Lion King or like Disneyland or like a cruise ship experience or like Marvel. You know, there's literally thousands of people who participate in this, but not everything that those people are participating in is the same. So being a Disney Imagineer allows you to be a part of a bunch of different kinds of experiences, but all with Disney and Disney's environment in common. Yes, which is all meant to be magical and exciting and make your dreams come true. And Disneyland is the place where dreams come true, as everyone knows. Totally. And above all else, Ezra, I'll add, these experiences are meant to be very fun, right? Yes, and happy and exciting. Absolutely. And I think they are. I mean, I know that you've gone to Disneyland tons and tons of times and loved it. Ever since I was little. That's right. And we've gone over this before, but I've actually never been to the normal Disneyland. However, I have been to Disneyland Hong Kong. I know, which is the fifth Disney park. It is. And I loved it even as a kid when I was nine years old. I know. Great. So anything else you'd like to say about the word Disney Imagineer, Ezra? It's such a fun, interesting mashup of words. It is. And there's a lot of meaning behind it. It's definitely, you know, if you're a Disney engineer, you have reached the top tier of the entertainment building world. You know, these people are first and foremost experts in their field, and they create some of the world's most incredible attractions. I know, and, it, and Walt Disney Imagineering was founded in 1952. Yeah, yeah. So it's really old and established. And they even have their own website, which you can go and check out. It's really cool. And their logo has Sorcerer Mickey, Mickey's iconic look from Fantasia. Of course, which makes sense because he creates so much in Fantasia. It must relate to the creating that Imagineers do. Yeah. Cool. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to our feature presentation. Yes. Disneyland, as we know, which is the happiest place on earth, is somewhere I know very well. It first opened July 17th, 1955, and it's currently in Anaheim, which is not far from LA. In California? Yep. Walt Disney originally had it planned to be in Burbank. Why did it wind up moving, Ezra? Hmm, Probably because it had bigger space in Anaheim. Interesting. And I know that his studios were in Burbank at that time, which is probably why that was the original planned location for Disneyland. Yes, I know. Uh, Just a year before Disneyland opened, in 1954, there was Walt Disney's Disneyland, which was the first of the Disney anthology television series when Walt had his shows and movies on television in the 1950s and 60s. Yeah, and it's interesting to note that, you know, that was all happening during a time when Disney was expanding, you know, they were well into doing their feature films, while Disney was had built a really large staff at that point, and Disney was coming into its own as a really influential production company. So this was part of that expansion. I see, yeah. Walt Disney had a famous speech when the, when the park first opened. What did he say in that speech? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here, age relives fond memories of the past, and here youth may savor the challenges and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated 
to the ideals, the dreams and the hard facts that have created America with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. What do you think about that speech, Ezra? Walt Disney felt destined to say that like Disneyland did become. Interesting. Yeah, it's a really broad speech and Disney meant every word of it. He wanted Disneyland to be so much more than just a park. He wanted it to be an inspiration for people, an escape and a comfort. I know. And it, it, beyond just parks, it has, for instance, hotels to stay in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the park itself has has all of these different components as well that are part of the experience. So when you stay there in the hotels, a lot of people stay there for pretty long, right? And they visit all of the different sections of the park that have been added over the years. Yes, like they're the they're the lands at Disneyland, like the original lands that like Main Street USA, Adventureland, Frontierland, Fantasyland, and Tomorrowland. Those were the original lands when the park first opened. A lot of them have been edited since then, right? Yes. For instance, Fantasyland looked different until 1982 when it closed for a major overhaul and re- and reopened with a complete new look in 1983. Mm-hmm. Other sections were also added to Disneyland, including the New Orleans Square. Which replaced an area which only lasted a few years, which had picnic gang and which a lot of people didn't find as exciting called Holiday Land. Right. Bear Country was added in 1972. And was later renamed as Critter Country. Mm-hmm. Mickey's Toontown was added in 1993. And then Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in 2019. That's right. That's the newest and most recent edition, which it's kind of surprising to me that it took so long for a Star Wars section of Disneyland to be created. That's because Star Wars was not acquired by Disney until 2012. Right. But even so, that's seven years without them putting anything in Disneyland. So for how big Star Wars is, it surprised me. I know. And I know a lot of these lands have exciting attractions, like Main Street was where you can see marching bands. Mm-hmm. Lots of parades happen there. There's a huge castle that you can visit. Which is the entrance to Fantasyland. And you can see the Dapper Dan to our, our barbershop quartet. And there's great moments with Mr. Lincoln. And there's an art gallery. A lot of exciting things. Yeah. And it's good to note that with so much happening in this park, obviously it means that there are a ton of people employed by this park. I think I read that there were like 67,000 employees at Disneyland, which is a ton of staff. I know, and Fantasyland has some of the most popular attractions, like It's a Small World, Dumbo the Flying Elephant, Peter Pan's Flight, and Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Are all of those like carnival rides, Ezra, or are they more experiences? Some are like experiences, like Dark Ride, where you ride in a vehicle, and and there many of them have audio animatronics. Oh, and also there's the Matterhorn, where you go on a roller coaster and you see yetis. So are all of these experiences based directly on Disney productions? Some of them are, but It's a Small World, though, for instance, is an original attraction. And before it became part of Disneyland, it was originally part of something called the New York World's Fair in 1964. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, I know. And I know that... Adventureland has the Jungle Cruise and Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room and an Indiana Jones ride. 
Ah, the Indiana Jones ride sounds so fun. And the Tiki Room is one I really love because of the hilarious singing birds and flowers. Totally. And the Tiki Room is the one that's been spun off of in a lot of different places. A bunch of cities around the country and around the world have their own version of the Tiki Room because it was so much fun. I know that there the Tiki Room is and Tokyo has one featuring Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. The one at Disney World from 1998 until 2011 had Yago and Zazu from Aladdin and the Lion King respectively until there was a fire and it changed back to a, an abridged version of the classic version. Oh, cool. I know Jungle Cruise 2 is a fun ride with the hilarious animals and things. Yeah, and that takes place on a, on a river, right? And I used to think when I first wanted it when I was little that the animals were real, but they're just audio animatronics. They are. In fact, a lot of the stuff that happens on in these experiences is really high-tech robotics and animatronics and projections and such, as well as incredible acting by people who have been hired to play characters. And I know um, New Orleans Square is the home of things like the Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. Ooh, and the Haunted Mansion is not based on any Disney production in particular, but it's a famous one, and it's famous because it's aimed more towards an adult, right? And the ghosts on things on it are spooky, but in a really funny and comedic way. Yeah, and so this is a good place to point out that Disneyland, while, you know, produced around Disney, which is a children's production company first and foremost these days, Disneyland has so much for people of all ages, right, Ezra? Yes, it does. And I know Toontown has a lot of good, like, which I heard is getting a major overhaul and will reopen next year, has a lot of stuff like playgrounds and things made for younger kids. Exactly. But the things like the Haunted Mansion and the more intense rides, like like roller coasters in the Adventure Park, are great attractions for adults. I know, yeah. And I know Critter Country, which was previously known as Bear Country, is home to Splash Mountain, which will be rethemed from Song of the South to the Princess and the Frog due to racism. That's right. So Splash Mountain is probably one of the most iconic Disneyland rides. It's where you ride down really, really fast. And isn't it a log vehicle, Ezra? Yes, in water, you get a little bit soaked. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the more iconic Disneyland attractions, but it did get rebranded from, you know, Disney's most controversial movie, Song of the South, to a new theme. Yes, I know. Prince of the Frog, it's getting, it's already starting though, but they announced just two years ago because of the George Floyd protests that they'll change it. That's right. Okay, so it was in 2020. Now, Ezra, did you know that the airspace over Disneyland is actually a prohibited airspace? So no aircraft can fly there without explicit permission from the government? I didn't know that. Frontierland, that's all Western themed. They have Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, and there's also like the Mark Twain Riverboats that takes you around an island. There's a lot of Western themes in Frontierland, and then Toontown, which is named after Toontown from the film Who Framed Roger Rabbit, because there's a Roger Rabbit ride there. And are you hopping on that ride? No, you just spin in a ride. Gotcha. What's next? Tomorrowland, where it's all space and science fiction themed. They have Star Tours, which used to be um, Adventure Through Inner Space until 1985. There also used to be Flying Saucers. Oh, cool. Uh, which inspired one of the attractions in Cars Land. And I know Submarine Voyage, which is now a Finding Nemo ride. 
They also have Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters, Space Mountain, and other things. And one of the gone but not forgotten attractions there was something called America Sings, where it had audio animatronics that looked like the ones they had in Chuck E. Cheese's restaurants, which were later moved to Splash Mountain. And it featured many of them, which were birds and things singing classic American national anthems and things. The geese on the attraction, some of them were moved to Splash Mountain, but some of them were later stripped of all their feathers and became droids on Star Tours. Oh, interesting. So they were repurposing those robots, huh? I know. So that's really interesting because it sounds like, Ezra, as you're going through these, they've done a lot of rearranging of Disneyland over the years, huh? I know. And why do you think the Disney Imagineers make the choice to change things and update things and instead of just leaving Disneyland as it was? Because of probably new things coming along and update it with new technology and things that make it more advanced. Yeah, and I would think to also keep it in step with what you know, the current generation is going to be familiar with. Yes, I know. There's, there's used to be something called Honey, I Shrunk the Audience based on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, where I felt like you got shrunk by mistake. Oh, fun. See, that's a movie that I remember seeing when I was little and really enjoying, but that's one of those movies that I feel like slips through the cracks and it might not be shown to as many young kids now. I know. And Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters replaced a failed attraction that had a lot of problems that only lasted a few years called the Rocket Rods. Oh, interesting. So that one had mechanical failures? And now it's the place where Buzz Lightyear Star Command is. And I did read that Tomorrowland sometime in the next few years is going to receive a major overhaul, but they haven't yet announced when that'll start. Gotcha. Well, we can look forward to that. Yes, the other park, Disney California Adventure, is really fun and exciting too. And it, and right between Disney and California Adventure is Downtown Disney, which is a shopping area, which first opened in 2001. That's right. They had to throw the shopping area in there to unite these two attractions. Now, what's California Adventure Land? California Adventure is what it's called. It first opened in 2001, but when it first opened, not as many people found it as exciting as Disneyland was. But it's a lot more exciting now, thanks to things like Cars Land, Little Mermaid, Monsters, Inc., I know, um, Toy Story Mania, Avengers Campus, and Soarin' and all that stuff. It's really exciting. Yeah, and it's got a, it's kind of aimed towards an older audience, right, Ezra? Yes, when it opened initially, it was originally all California-themed, but by 2010, when they spent a billion dollars to overhaul and change it, wow, it made it more Disney-like. Cool. So now they're slowly uniting the two, but with each their own kind of atmosphere. I know, and there used to be a Bugs Land based on a Bugs Life, which um, closed in 2018 and got replaced by Avengers Campus. Ezra, do you have a preference between California Adventure and Disneyland? No, I like them both the same equally. Do you think when you go to Disneyland, you spend the same amount of time there as California Adventure? Yeah, it depends on what I want to see on that day. Gotcha. Do you take your whole family whenever you go? Usually it's like one person or a couple people when I go, but I do it. Go see exciting things and I love experiencing new things I've never done there whenever I go. That's right. And there's always more to experience because these two parks are humongous. Yes, they are. And really exciting and fun. Definitely. So let's go ahead and jump into trivia. Trivia. 
we have to answer last week's trivia question, which was... What short was Pixar's iconic blue, red, and yellow ball originally from? And the answer is... Luxo Jr., the one that started it all. Although the first they did, but before it became Pixar, was called The Adventures of Andre and Wally B. What year did Luxo Jr. come out, Ezra? In 1986. Wow, so that's a lot later than I would have thought. Cool. All right, well, there you have it. And now this week, our question is going to be about Disneyland. What was the last attraction at Disneyland Walt Disney um, um, had it was involved with before his death? Good question. If you think you know the answer, Disney fans, be sure to listen in next week for our next episode of Animation and Beyond. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye! Goodbye! Goodbye!